When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman. Hopefully a little later in the show, Gerald Borgay will be calling in with updates from day two of Suns training camp. But until then, Saul and I are going to hold down the fort here at Four Pigs Brewery in Tempe on 8th Street. We're having a great time. Tough life trying to hold down the fort over there. <laughs> God, here. what a job you have, mm-hmm. right? The worst job you could ever imagine. Wednesday afternoon at a bar drinking Four Pigs beer. Does, it's it, tough. does it get any better than it's, this, it's honestly? Uh, have you peaked, Saul? I have not peaked, but this is, this is <laughs> I have peaked work life related. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. I say yes, yes. That's awesome. Honestly, when we were about to start, I feel like something, like literally, I feel like something hit the back of my head, like kind of just brushed it. And now I'm wondering if this ghost tour is going to be even more scarier tomorrow than I had originally anticipated because yep. it's yep. already started. Yeah. We, uh, we're doing a cool ghost tour here at Four Peaks starting tomorrow. They're going to be doing it all. All month long in October. Uh, it's really dope, really cool. So you should check it out. Uh, and uh, if you want to join us, I think we have a few spots left. You can just hit me up in my DMs. Yeah, I got you. just DM Saul. He'll hook you guys up. Come hang out with us tomorrow. We'll be back out here at Four Peaks for these uh, fun ghost tours. Also, if you haven't tried Four Peaks beer, we highly recommend. But just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older. And we ask that you enjoy responsibly. Yep. All right. Let's get into the topics of today's show. We've got a lot for you guys. But we're going to start with some DeAndre in updates because we've gotten a little bit more information, uh, not from Monty, but from others around the NBA on kind of everything going on with DA. So we'll start with this video from Ramona Shelburne first. You know, Mark, you said something really important there, which is who DeAndre Ayton in his mind attributes the idea that he didn't get that max contract to. Does he blame Robert Sarver? Does he blame that front office? Does he blame Monty Williams? And and my understanding from talking to people close to DeAndre is that he thinks this was Robert Sarver's decision as well. And Robert Sarver's not going to be the owner anymore. So there is some healing that can happen there. But I know, as you said, Mark, there were some hurt feelings over that contract and how that played out. If they were going to instantly match an offer sheet that he signed, why not just give him the max contract? Why not? I mean, I... 
yes, it saved him a year and $40 million, but as somebody close to DeAndre told me, you know, if, if there's, a, there's a karma to this. If you, why, why do that to your player, your number one overall pick, this guy that you drafted and developed, and then you put him through that, and it, the message he's hearing is, we don't really believe in you. Now, if he blames Robert Sarver for that and Sarver is not there anymore, then I think there's an opportunity for healing. But if he has some lingering resentment towards the front office or Monty Williams, then that's, those are things he'll have to heal. So this is an interesting take for me because if, you rec if I recall correctly, and tell me if I'm wrong, but over the summer and even last year, didn't James Jones publicly say it's his decision entirely? Yeah, but we know how Bobby Sarves used to roll. And yeah, I, again, like. But then that I, makes me question things farther back, which I don't think it's worth going into, but it does make me start questioning things farther back. Even I when mean, James and Monty got here, how much control they actually did have. I, again, I think there's a little bit of truth in everything, and there's a lot of lying in a lot of things. Like, yeah, I, this I, is true. I just, listen. As the GM, and as we know who Robert Sarver is, I understand James Jones wants to give the optics that he's the one that's in complete control. But I also know when you're trying to pay a superstar that level, uh, that much money, Robert Sarver's going to say something. He's not just going to sit there and be like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hope you find your dad. Uh, so, hey, listen, they gave Book that money with a quickness mm -hmm. because Robert Sarver is really fond of Book. Um, for whatever re reason, DeAndre Aiden, it must have been that meeting uh, where they met in that undisclosed location that somebody had an iPhone right. on. Yeah, the uh, TMZ shot. That must have been the one where he was like, nah, we ain't paying you that much. And that was that. So the other part of this that I do think is interesting is Ramona alluded to the fact that if the beef between DA and whoever at this organization is just mostly Robert Sarver, then there's a path to healing. However, if there's any lingering resentment towards Monty or the front office, then those type of things still need to be addressed. And we know, I think it's safe to say anyway, at least, we may not know, but safe to say that there probably is some lingering feelings between oh, yeah. DA and Monty based off of what we heard directly from DeAndre himself. A million yesterday. percent. I just, listen, I, I, I think what's going to have to happen is, is even if James Jones... And Monty were not directly involved with his contract negotiation or whatever, right? The messaging hasn't been so pro-DA, mm -hmm. uh, especially coming from Monty. Uh, you know, James Jones has always said that DA is part of the future. But, but um, Monty has, has not exactly gone to that level. And then the way Monty, honestly, Monty's taking a big L uh, right yes. now. Because of the way, not only did he handle... You know, DA and not talking to him this entire offseason, but even going back to game seven and how he basically, um, you know, just kind of dismissed any DA talk um, and, and kind of threw him under the bus and then followed back again the next day when they were doing their exit interviews and he just Left didn't him have out. His, Yeah, didn't even didn't even give um, him any 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 type of uh, support whatsoever. And I think I think from DA's perspective, you know, when things like this happen, you get in your feels. And you start to, you know, you start to see snakes in the grass, for, for, for lack of a better word. And I think right now, DeAndre Aiden feels like Monty Williams is a snake in the grass, for sure. You know, it's interesting, too, because somebody had brought this up on Twitter. They literally went back and pulled the clip from Monty's exit interview where he purposely, or it seemingly feels purposeful, right? He, when asked about kind of the future of this franchise, he listed guys like, I don't remember exactly who it was. But it was like Cam, Mikkel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and one other, maybe Landry Shamit. They're part of our future. 
their core pieces of our future and did not mention DeAndre's name in that. And I think that had a lot of people questioning, like, what was the motive behind that? Was it genuine that you don't feel like DA is a part of the future? Was it pettiness? What was it? Um, but this this clip that we're about to show you guys right now from Kendrick Perkins today, I think sums up kind of how we're all sort of feeling or at least how I'm feeling about this Monty and DA situation. So let's play that and talk about it. But here's the problem that I have, and it's not with DeAndre Ayton. It's with Monty Williams, and I love Monty Williams. Monty Williams is a big brother in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Monty Williams is a mentor in the NBA, along with being the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. We always praise him about his leadership, and rightfully so. DeAndre Ayton is the number, was the number one pick. DeAndre Ayton is 24 years of age. He haven't even scratched the surface of his prime. Yes, he may need a little guidance, but the one thing that we can't knock about DeAndre Ayton is his productivity throughout the course of his career. He's gotten better every single year. And to ask a guy, right, I know you want more, and I know people preach lose yourself in the team and you want to win the championship. But when you have a young guy that has the talent of a DeAndre Ayton, you got to expect that he's going to want more individually, and he should. He was the number one pick. Yes, he's going to want to make all-star games like Devin Booker. Yes, he's going to want to make all-NBA teams. Hell, one year he might want to win the MVP, and that's okay. But this falls on the shoulders of Monty Williams because for the simple fact, I need him to be more of a mentor. I need him to put his pride aside. And I listened to Monty say on the interview, hell, I haven't talked to a lot of our players. Well, DeAndre Ayton is not a lot of your players. He's mm -hmm. your number one pick uh, four or five years ago. You have to reach out to him. Embrace the young fella, put him under your wing, and show him some guidance, and then y'all build from there. Because this guy's future is really, really bright. And when I say bright, I mean 20 and 10 a night. He's already proven that he's a walking double-double and shooting a high percentage from the field. This is on money to get this right. And we Put your pride aside and focus on making things right. Like, if that's, if that's not exactly hitting the nail on the head in this situation because going back to the exit interview and just some of the small things that have been said and the way it's been said there's a you could take it as if there was a little bit of pettiness or resentment or spitefulness towards players and as the leader on this team you have to be the one to be like you know what I'm sorry if what I said was not appropriate I'm sorry that if it came off a certain way. I'm sorry that I allowed it to come off a certain way that a narrative could have been created from it. Let's talk about it. Let's hash this out and move forward. But, but the thing that bothers me the most about what Monty has done is that when you're when you're putting together an organization, you need to think about the the weakest parts of your organization and and you need to build that ship so that way everybody in when the storm comes, even if the storm ends up being like game 7, you all stick together. But what mm -hmm. I think has happened, and this is just my 36,000 uh, 36, yeah, 36, foot observation, is that I think that Monty had told DA that there was a plan to try and get him to be more of an active role in this offense, be more of a focal point as we move forward. He's been in this system for three years. You get to year three, and nothing's really different from year one to year three. There just what there just wasn't. Not schematically, there wasn't. And we we pointed out millions of times how many times DA would come out of the lineup and all of a sudden, boom, they run a set for fucking 
Ja or, or uh, JaVale, or they run a set for somebody else, and you're like, why the fuck can't DA get that same set? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then on top of that, like, you get to the to the storm, and DA's like, he basically in that moment, and I don't think this is the best way to go about it, but this is the way DA handled it. He was like, fuck it. You know, like, from my perspective, DA was like, fuck it, and fuck you, because you put all your eggs into these two dudes, and, and Devin Booker, rightfully so, and Chris Paul, probably not rightfully so, and it all collapsed because those two collapsed instead of trusting and developing around me as well. And I want more. I want more. Like, I want to be more involved. I want, I'm, st- I'm tired of getting shit on by everybody talking about all I do is average 16 and 11. It's because that's all they let me do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my perspective on it. Well, and, like, how many times has – has somebody on that team came out and said DA sacrifices for the betterment of our entire organization and this entire team? And how many times has DA just sat back and done that until last year was the first time he ever started speaking on it. Mm -hmm. So DA has been, in my opinion, playing this the right way. He's been professional since the jump, as far as playing the role that they've asked him to play, taking a step back when it was necessary to move the team forward so it's just like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, maybe we should ask uh, Gerald because I think he's he's <laughs> in the house. Yeah. Maybe he's he's outside the, the, the not the transformation center. I always want to call it the transformation I know, center. I know. The Verizon here. Center, the 5G Verizon Center. There you is go. that what it's called? There he is. Look at him. Light, nice hey, and sunny. guys. What's up, buddy? Hi, Gerald. We How's just, it going? We were just talking about DA. And, uh, oh, good. <laughs> you know, the, the good stuff there. But, uh, you know, I don't know if we want to keep going with that or if we want to move Yeah, on. I mean, well, why not? Because, Gerald, I know you got to talk to Monty and the players. I know a lot of people wanted um, all the media who was out at, at training camp today to follow up with Monty on the DA situation and ask the question, well, did you talk yet? And I know you guys didn't, but there's a reason behind why you guys didn't. So if you want to share that information with us here so that we can kind of bring context to why yeah so yesterday Monty was pretty adamant talking with us that he was done answering questions about it he answered about six or seven differently phrased questions about the situation and kept coming back to the same talking points so at a certain point when you hit your head into a wall a couple times you stop doing that after a little bit and coming into today it wasn't something that was worth following up on to be honest with you he was just going to say the same things it was just going to piss him off, and that's not how you really approach this situation as a media member. Uh, so we talked to him about a lot of other different stuff, and we asked Devin Booker about the situation because that was a unique perspective. That was someone that hadn't talked about the situation yesterday, um, and obviously we didn't get DA because they like to mix up the players that we get. So that's the reason why we don't have any updates on whether Monty has talked to DA in the last 24 hours He had said yesterday, that's a situation. He said, some guys need that kind of one-on-one conversation. Some guys don't. So it's going to be something that he's going to monitor going forward. And uh, we'll see how it goes from here. The fuck do you got to monitor, Monty? You clearly know DA needs to be spoken to. Like, what are we even talking? Everybody and their mom Mm. can see that DA needs to be spoken to. DA is that one, one of those individuals. Like, and as you mentioned before, he was like very childlike before and very loosey-goosey before and fun uh if you thought he was a kid before he's a grown-ass man now dog like for real like he's 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 not playing he doesn't he he's answering everything's really short he's not happy clearly so don't you think 
those are the key indicators about, oh, maybe I should have a conversation with this young man because he's a little unhappy. Like, what the fuck is right. he waiting for? I do, I do want to iterate, though, that when he made those comments, it was literally minutes after D.A. had spoken to us. He hadn't seen the clip. He might not have even been informed of what D.A. had said or how he said it. So I'm sure someone called his attention to the way that D.A. handled that press conference, the way that he was clearly upset that they hadn't had a conversation. There's a chance they have talked over the last 24 hours. But again, it was not something that you're going to kind of stick your neck out and ask at this point because he was pretty adamant about him handling business behind the scenes, them taking care of things in-house yesterday. Um, so we'll see how it is moving forward. If the next time we talk to him, it's still an issue, then we'll handle it then. But as of right now, we, we just don't know if they've had a conversation since then. Yeah, and, and you guys have a fine line to walk too because while it is your job to ask tough questions and bring up those hard conversations – you also have to maintain a relationship with this person in order to actively do your job to the to the best of your abilities. So it's a fine line to walk. So I'm not envious of where you guys are right now. But I did think it was interesting that Book said that DA behind the scenes, same guy, right? Yeah. Like he's normal. He acts the same as me, puts his head down, comes to work, gets at it. Which is no surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that D.A. has been stressing since last year. He's been stressing it at the start of training camp and media day this year that he is a professional. That's how he conducts himself. He goes about his business. Um, so it wasn't surprising to hear Devin Booker say that he's been the same old D.A. He, now, whether that's the same bubbly, fun-loving D.A., we didn't really get a sense of that. But he did say he seems fine. He's putting his head down. He's doing the work. Um, and that's kind of their motto around these parts. So for now, I, I think... It's something that we can put to rest unless it rears its head again. Yeah. So in addition to all of that stuff, there was a little bit of basketball talk today. I know Monty brought up kind of that continuity that this team has and their ability to dive right into training camp. They're already scrimmaging, playing five on five. Is that unique to you, Gerald? Yeah, it is. It's not the typical approach. He was saying that this is something that's different. You know, early in training camp, he was saying they've never had the opportunity to just kind of play five on five right from the start because guys have already picked up concepts so quickly because they're already so familiar with what they do. You know, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, all these guys have been here since Monty got here. So it's easier to hit the ground running and kind of get going. He was also saying their conditioning is a little bit better than it was last year because guys have had that longer off season, they've been here in the gym getting work in before the start of training camp. Um, so he's saying it's it's been a, about as smooth a training camp experience as he's had since he's been in the valley. No, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I really don't have anything else to add. I mean, it's just I mean, cool I practice. Uh, I, I do mean, I do like the five on five because it does. There, every player will tell you. We've talked about this over and over. There's nothing quite like playing five on five or an NBA game. This is as close to playing NBA action as you can get from a practice. So the fact that they're starting that a few days earlier than what they typically would in training camp maybe gives you a little bit of hope that they'll be a little bit further along in the process come opening night. I don't know if it's something to really hang your hat on, though. But, Gerald, were there any other interesting tidbits that stood out to you from today? The only other two interesting things were he was asked about, you know, maybe wanting some closure on the Jay Crowder situation and having – whoever they trade J4 come in before the start of the season. And he was saying, look, I like the guys that we have here. Obviously in an ideal world, we would like to have this taken care of before the regular season starts. So we can have more of that continuity. 
Um, but he's, you know, aware this is obviously out of his control. And then the other thing is with Dario Saric, he mentioned on media day that he sees him maybe playing a different role this time around. So I kind of followed up on that today asking, was that more a positional thing? Oh, oh, the, the Verizon 5G doesn't work anymore. Oh, no. Oh, Gerald's frozen. Um, and he. Gerald's frozen in the, in the time that. All right. Sorry, buddy. Can't really hear you. Riveting stuff, y'all. Riveting <laughs> stuff. Bye, Gerald. He's, Gerald's gone. So if right. you want that Dario update, he'll probably have put something up on his Twitter. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure by now. Um, or just at him in the Discord if, if you really are that curious to know about Dario. Or maybe we'll just talk about it tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe. Anyway. I want to talk right. about Underdog Fantasy right good, now. Good, good, good. Let's Because do it. Underdog Fantasy is so much fun. I know you guys have been using it at the start of football season and, and so far. I'm really excited to, to see how this kind of like makes our basketball viewing experience mm -hmm. even more fun. Yeah. Because from everything I've heard, y'all are loving it on the football side of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the basketball side of things is going to be very interesting. But the, on the football side of things, um, like I said yesterday, I absolutely destroyed Bo and uh and shane uh and company and johnny at, at our first underdog fantasy football draft and it's they go day by day like you could do baseball you could do hockey you could do a bunch of different things but uh for basketball i can't wait i think game one we're definitely going to do a little draft and kind of you know preview who who we think is going to you know do a, a great job that night and hopefully somebody will win a lot of money so it'll be fun hopefully me I have zero hope. Oh, hopefully me. That would be super fun. If you guys have not downloaded the Underdog Fantasy app yet, you should absolutely do so, especially before basketball season gets here because it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. You can search in the App Store or click the link in the show notes. Sign up with that code PHNX because when you use that code, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 to give you even more money to play around with and have even more fun with. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code PHNX, and get in on the action today. It's time for some burning questions, you guys. We, we started this last week. Things kind of got a wrench thrown in with all the craziness that yeah. happened on Media Day or whatnot, but we're bringing it back. We're going to keep going with some more burning questions, and today we're going to talk about Chris Paul and Cam Payne. Can't wait. Oh, Let's boy. Do it. The first burning question we are asking, and please weigh in in the chat. Is Chris Paul washed? Yes. And the only reason why I say yes, listen, in terms of point guards across the NBA and whether his career should be up, no. No, that's not what we're talking about. But in terms of his ability to single-handedly take over a game in the playoffs, playoffs, um, I'm starting to have my doubts because he's never healthy, you know, and last year he had a, a, a really good couple of games against the Pelicans. He had a phenomenal first two games against the, the Mavericks and then five straight games of putrid, awful, awfulness. Like I've never seen Chris Paul play so bad before. Now, if it's COVID or if it was quad injury or he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed, it, okay, whatever. But there are some stats that are kind of telling you a little bit about his ability to score specifically because okay. in this offense and the way they have built everything around Devin Booker and Chris Paul, he needs to score. He does need to score. He can manage a game all he wants. But again, we saw in the Milwaukee Bucks series specifically 
and the Dallas Mavericks series that when Chris Paul wasn't getting buckets, this team was absolute dog shit trash like they just were. Chris Paul has to get buckets. Chris Paul last year had a career Is low. Is that his fault? What? Getting buckets? If he doesn't get buckets, the team's trash? Is that all his fault? I mean, that's how they built this team. Everything centers around Chris Paul. He's the point god. In the games that he's performed well in, they they blow teams out. They're solid all the way across the board. But when Father Time starts to reach up and grab the throat. Or COVID. <laughs> Hey, whatever, I'm just whatever, whatever grabs your throat, I'm not giving a shit. <laughs> okay, I want you to come through in the playoffs. And 14, <laughs> I think he averaged like 14 points a game last year. Uh, it was his lowest point total since since his rookie season. Like, okay. you know, what I mean, like, and, and it's progressively gone down. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, I just feel like Chris Paul is at the point right now where he can only do so much. He also played. The most minutes in, like, I think the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. 32.9 a game. Up 1.5 minutes from the year before. Like, it, it, this is on Monty. This is on him. They've got to load manage him a little bit. They've got to throttle back. they got to start getting more production from, like, a campaign because I think that was significantly hurt Chris Paul last year as well. But, again, if you're having to rely on somebody else to play well, for you to play well because your game or your age or your ability is not up to where it used to be, we have a problem. So that leads me to, to, to say that he's 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 close to getting washed. Okay, so somebody in the chat said define washed. And what we're doing here with this exercise is we're comparing Chris Paul to himself, yes, right? Yes, yes. So Chris Paul of the past, Chris Paul now, do we feel like there's been a an extreme drop-off? I, I'm... I don't think I'm ready to go as far as to say Chris Paul is washed because okay. he can still affect a game in tremendous ways. Obviously, we saw that in the Pelican series. There was a time where Chris Paul like fully took over. And I do think if you look back at Chris Paul's track record throughout his entire career, he has never been able to take his team fully over that hump when it comes to the playoffs, which is why he doesn't have a title. You saw it win the Clippers, the Rockets, the Suns. So I think that is on then the people who manage the game from the coaching side of things to understand, okay, maybe even the people who are putting these teams together on the front office side of things, Chris Paul can take you 70, 80% of the way there, but somebody else has to take you that final 20 to 15%. Sure. And when you look at even just, you know, the series against the Mavs too, right? Yeah, Chris Paul was garbage and COVID or not, whatever, Chris Paul was garbage, but Devin was also garbage in that game seven. Sure, but the, the difference is, is that we're, we're now talking about back-to-back seasons where we've gotten to the playoffs and Chris Paul has been banged up. He's had COVID in back-to-back playoff years. Like, he has hurt he, his... He gets banged up a lot. So, again, game management, but, stop playing him so but, much. But stop again, relying on him so much. But, again, like, like Jews, like, you can't always get... Like, you can't be injury-riddled and, uh, and and not be close to getting washed, in my opinion. Like, you, you just lost five games in a row because you're physically unable to perform at the high level. And also, this is also on Chris Paul. Like, if Chris Paul is out there... And he's not playing to Chris Paul standards, as he was not in that Mal- uh, Dallas Mavericks series. He needs to pull himself out. He needs to pull himself out because everybody could clearly see that there was something going on with Chris Paul. We all couldn't, but we all didn't know. Yeah. Like, so Chris Paul, Chris Paul literally hurt his team on purpose because he thought he was the better option. But he wasn't. He was awful, awful in those five games. 
I mean, if only we got to see what Aaron Holiday was capable of doing. Oh. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm not ready to call Chris Paul washed. I don't think Chris Paul athletically is the same player and athlete that he was a handful of years ago, but I still think he can have a major impact on this team. I think they just need to be a little bit more strategic with the type of minutes he plays and not quote unquote resting, but just reducing his load because then maybe you can have a more sustainable, healthier Chris Paul later on in the season when you probably need him the most. Drop a few W or take a few L's during the regular season to keep your guys healthier for the postseason. And we've talked about this since Chris Paul got here, basically. Like, yeah. what what can be taken off of his shoulders and passed on to somebody else? What can we do to reduce his load so that he is healthy? Because, again, same track record, though. He's had this track record for a long time. It's not just now that he's 37. It's not just now since he's a little bit older. He's been struggling with but this again, for a long time. But again, when you start talking about, oh, we need to look at Chris Paul's load and we need to start taking this away and we need to start doing that, isn't that a path towards being washed? I mean, I guess you could make we, that we, argument. You, you, you literally Maybe brought a up, path towards, but I wouldn't say it means he's washed. You, you brought up uh, LeBron yesterday and we talked about LeBron and, and we were talking about, you know, is... is but that was before we decided that we were, we were debating based <laughs> off of Chris Paul's past. <laughs> Not LeBron's, not other players around. But the those league, two right? are, are, I think those two are the same age. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Le- LeBron went up in scoring last year and was just, and he was hurt too. And the Lakers are garbage and they didn't make the playoffs. So not completely the same argument. But LeBron is somehow defeating Father Time in the moment. Whereas to me, Chris Paul visually, aesthetically, looks like he's going the other way. It's not a complete stark drop off. I'm not going to say that. I'm saying, you know, it's like it's just slowly just, you know, it's a slow decline is what it's going on. I will give you a slow decline. I will give you that. As my friend Corey Williams said, he said he's not washed, but he's getting near the bathtub. <laughs> Somebody in the chat said he's not washed. He's just rinsed a little. <laughs> there you go. He's just been rinsed a little. So I don't know. I mean, again. To put a bow on this, because we've had the conversation now, not ready to call him washed. You're more inclined to call him washed. Closer to washed. But time will tell. Our next burning question. Will campaign be last year's campaign or the campaign from the finals run? I don't know. (laughs) I don't. I have no idea. I really hope campaign comes back strong like you did back in 2020, 2021. But you just never know with, with these guys. And uh, I, I, I know one thing for sure. I know he took that offseason personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that he's, he's put in a lot of work to try and uh, rebound from just an awful year last year. Um, I think he felt the pressure of being the backup point guard and, and everything that comes with it. Um, and I think he was hurt by Dario Sarge not being in the lineup. Uh, everybody's pointed out a million times how well those two played together. I'm going to go ahead. I don't usually do this because I'm not usually optimistic with players because once I think they're trash, I think they're trash. It is very hard to change your mind. It is. Uh, (laughs) But I'm going to say campaign is going to be back. Let's go campaign. I believe in you, son. Let's go. Honestly, I really hope you're right because Lord knows we're going to need it. Yes. Because we did nothing to address the backup guard situation whatsoever really this offseason. So we are really going to need campaign from the finals run season not campaign from last year um i would hope 
that Dario does help campaign and that even if Dario helps campaign a little bit, the thing about Cam is that he is such an emotional player. When he gets down on himself, yeah. it is in, like damn near impossible for him to flip that switch and play with confidence again. Yeah. But if he's got Dario who can create a little bit of fire within him, open things up for him a little bit more, see a few of those buckets drop, yeah. then maybe that will help his confidence levels go up. Because the minute his confidence is shaken, and I think that's a big reason why Monty continued to ride with campaign last year is because I think Monty knows that just as much as the rest of us do. The minute Monty pulls campaign, he can't go back to him again yeah. because his confidence is shot. And there, it's just like, what? what's the point of going back to this yeah. guy because I already know what I'm going to get from yeah. him. So if maybe the Dario thing or maybe just something, having a little bit longer of an offseason to get in more work and work through some of those emotional elements, maybe that opens campaign up to being at least closer to first-year campaign than second-year campaign. Hope so. Hope so. Fingers crossed. Lord we'll knows we'll we see. need it. But just in case it doesn't work, <laughs> highly recommend you stock you up on some OGs, OGs right baby, now. <laughs> to get through these games. Plan ahead, you guys. Stock up early. Get all the different types of OGs that they had to offer, including their newest and latest and greatest Sleep Edition gummy. These things are great because basically how they work is they're a two-to-one um, THC-CBN ratio gummy. And CBN is the compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. So if we ever have a really bad game and you're just up at night laying in bed, replaying all these things in your head, not being able to fall asleep because you guys are so stressed out, OGs has got you guys covered. I slept covered. 10 straight hours last night. 10? 10. I don't That's know why. That's my level I sleep. fell asleep at 9 and I woke up at 7. And then I still feel tired. I don't know what's going on right now. Wow. Um, our stream is apparently buffering. Sorry, guys. Oh, um, no. This is a major bummer. I'm looking into it right now. Producer Emma is on it. But uh, to continue on with our OGs conversation, check them out online at ogsbrands.com. Or you can find them at your local dispensary. But you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Also, we're going to tell you guys about game time. Have you hit up game time yet? Uh, I have hit up game time. And actually, I'm going to give everybody a little secret. The game time app is cool, but it's not cool unless you use our link, number one. Number two, That's right. you have to use it the day of the game. Okay. Do not use it further in advance. You need to use it the day of the game because when you use it on the day of the game, you get crazy, crazy deals. Um, like, for instance, this past Saturday, we took a group of about 20 people to the Sun Devils game. I bought every ticket using the Game Time app. I was able to find 30-yard uh, line tickets, about 20 rows up, for 20 bucks a piece. Really? That is ridiculous. Yes, absolutely. They were great seats, great view. Uh, it was phenomenal. Okay, so so basically, if you buy the day app, so this is like major. When I, when we say procrastinators, like we're talking major procrastinators, not plans week of, plans day of. Yeah, day of. Got to use the day of. Okay, so if you guys have not checked out Game Time, it's a great way to save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute, like Saul said, day of the event. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description, so make sure you guys do that. All right, let's round out today's show with a little bit of a Jay Crowder update. As Gerald shared, Monty said today he'd rather have someone here by opening night, whoever that may be, in a Jay Crowder trade. 
But regardless, he's happy with the team he has. But a report came out that basically is telling us to keep an eye on the Cleveland Cavaliers because they could be a potential trade partner with the Suns. Is there anyone on the Cavs roster that you would be interested in? Uh, we talked a little bit uh, about Karis LeVert yesterday. Um, not, a, not a terrible decision if you have to make a move. But I also like, and a lot of people don't know who this is, but Dean Wade. Uh, mm-hmm. Dean Wade, I think if you were to package him with Karis LeVert for Jay Crowder, I think that gives you a little bit of a, you know, a little scoring punch. I think it gives you, and Dean Wade's got the flexibility to play small forward or power forward positions. Um, he's he's a he's a, a solid outside three point shooter. Uh, he's been completely uh, consistently developing since he came from K State. Um, I like Dean Wade's game. He's a, a very fundamental guy. He's much like a poor man's Larry Markkinen. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think Dean Wade would be a nice throw in as well. All right. Well, I'm not mad at that. Obviously, like you said, Saul, we talked about Karis LeVert yesterday. Gerald did write an article with more information on that. That is at gophnx.com. So if you guys want to check that out, of course, head on over there. Um, and then we're going to round out today's show with a little bit of a producer surprise. Emma put together a game for us. So, Let's Emma, what you got? Okay. So pretty much the game is... Um, I'm presenting you pretty much like red flags. They are hypothetical scenarios with one red flag in them, and you have to either draft or pass. Okay. So for the first one, would you draft a player if he averaged 30 points in a game but only talked in rhymes? Okay, so I have to tell you if I would draft this person or if I would pass on this person. This is the... Yes. So they average 30 points a game, but they only talk in what? In rhymes. rhymes. I draft him. I would draft him. That would be so much fun. Are you kidding me? I love this. It would be fun. It would get annoying after a while, but I wouldn't be mad at it. I bet you would get some banger rhymes. I mean, if yeah, I mean, if he rhymed all the time, like oh man, I I don't. It would get annoying after a while, but yeah, but he's dropping thirty a game. Who cares? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, For this next one, he averages ten points a game, but he will play Fortnite with Lindsay. I'm drafting them. Of course he is. Of course she is. Listen, uh, I got a squad on Fortnite. Three other people play with me on a pretty regular basis, but I'm far more addicted to Fortnite than they are. So if there's another person I can add to the rotation, I'm absolutely saying yes. Drafting. Right. I've never really played Fortnite except for like once, so I I pass. <laughs> All right. Would you draft a player if he leads the team in rebounds and assists, but spits on every child he walks by? Damn. No. What kind of character flaws are we talking about here? <laughs> Red flags. No, it, yeah, no. No, you can't spit on kids. What's wrong with you? I know. He's, no, Dennis Rodman's gone. <laughs> I'm team Michael Jordan. Let's go. Draft him, baby. All the way. <laughs> All right. And then would you draft a player if he averaged 25 points and 12 rebounds a game but hated cats? A no. million percent. Hard pass. Hells yeah. GTFO, cats are the bro. worst. Cats no, are the they worst. are not. You're Tell the me. worst. Show me. You showed me <laughs> a video earlier today. Tell me how awful your cat is. What are you talking about? It's not my cat. It's or not my cat. cat. It's my cat. sister's cat. She did tear up my carpet. Oh, but... my gosh. Like, torched it and even hit off, like, <laughs> a little, like, border th- piece. Like, no, cats are fucking awful. I still love her. Even though I was mad at her, I still love her. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not drafting. If they hate cats, they're out in my book. Not doing it. Sorry. It also looks like we're back. Hey, everybody. Sorry about that, guys. Thanks for hanging tight with us, everyone. Hopefully the replay will not have issues. So I know that was really disappointing, but 
Sorry. Yeah, the ghosts. Blame it on the ghosts. It, it really is. It's It started in the beginning. Somebody hit me in the back of the head, and there's literally no one behind me. You guys can see this. I'm just saying, the ghosts, the ghosts are really mad at us, so hopefully tomorrow the, we can make amends. Is that all you got, Emma? I have one more, but I thought Gerald was going to be here, so it was mainly for Gerald. But it was uh, like, he averages four points a game, but he'll build Star Wars Legos with Gerald. No, pass. 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 Gerald can build those on his own. Yeah, he can. Gerald Plus, you don't, like, Gerald building Legos is not something that you do with somebody else. You do that solo. Yeah. Well, unless you have a kid, then you have to help him. But I feel like you do that solo. Fair enough. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. Um, we are not in our studios, but we do love our studios. And we are so thankful for our friends over at More Furniture for hooking us up with a ton of furniture for our new spaces. It makes working so much more enjoyable. And if you guys are in the market for some really nice looking, really comfortable furniture, highly recommend you check out More Furniture's fall sale at morefurniture.com. That's morefurniture.com. Shout out to Emma for doing CPR on the stream. Thank you. Yeah. Seriously. We... It happens. It, it is happens. what it is. It but is. we appreciate you guys nonetheless. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to put a little disclaimer on the show time. Hopefully 2 p.m., maybe a little later, depending on training camp type stuff. But we'll keep you posted again. We'll post on Twitter. We'll put it in the Discord, all the things. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And, of course, you can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. Saul, take us home. I don't know what to say, but I'm gonna be like DA and hopefully get out of here. No? Okay, bye bye. Hey, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan.